here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. <laughs> well, folks, you know what that tune means. It is just past four o'clock on this lovely Thursday in Carbondale, Colorado. The snow is falling. And you're tuned into Everything Under the Sun, the Sopra Sun's weekly radio program right here on KDNK, the best radio station this side of the Mississippi. I am your host, James Steinler, and I'm here with my co-host, Gus Richardson. Howdy, James. Howdy, Gus. And Yesenia Benavides. How are you, Yesenia? Good, and you? Good. Thanks for being on the show today. And we have a particularly special show for our listeners today. If you've picked up a copy of The Sopra Sun, you'll see art by a former um, youth intern, Sophie Kosky. Uh, the f- headline on the cover, Connecting Communities for 15 Years. And that's because The Sopra Sun has been doing so since 2009, February 12th, 2009 to be exact. And here in the studio with us today to talk about the origins of the Sopra Sun and the importance of um, community nonprofit journalism are Rebecca Young, uh, founding board member. Hello, Rebecca. Hi. Rebecca also goes by Becky, so you may hear me referring to her as Becky, <laughs> who's also the mother of Will Grambois, who's essential to this day for the Sopra Sun. Uh, so indeed he is. He, yeah. Indeed he is. Uh, and we also have the original ma- managing editor, the original editor-in-chief, Miss uh, Trina Ortega. How are you, Trina? Good, James. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us, and we're so glad um, to have you both on the show today, especially since, and I'm just going to put put it out there, you know, last minute request, but you guys made it happen, um, just like, and you know, this is not a fair comparison, but just as you made the Sopria Sunrise in 2009. <laughs> um I would love to start by giving a little bit of background um, of what came before the Sopra Sun. And we, many listeners will know about the Valley Journal, which served as the uh, Mid-Valley or Carbondale newspaper for how many years, Becky? What, so was it, it started in 1975. Okay. Um, and, it sh- and it w- and ran till the... 2008? Till Christmas Eve, 2008. <laughs> and then the Sopra Sun was born, uh, just for context, uh, about two months later. It was indeed. And I think Trina can tell the story better than I because she was a reporter at the Valley Journal at the time and was standing there in the office when the axe came down on it. Okay. I do want to hear about that, but I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy yet, Becky. <laughs> I'll be back. Yeah. Okay. Um, That's great. Let's um, just to say in chronological order, and I apologize, I do want to hear from Trina because in the fact that uh, the Valley Journal went out on Christmas Eve is this, it's, this, it's, um, it's a story in itself, and it sounds like the title to an article. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but tell us first, uh, Becky, you came uh, here from CSU, uh, is where you studied along with Pat Knoll. Exactly. Um, and uh, you were just telling me before the show, actually, today, that uh, you had put out uh, kind of a um, an ad, if you will, or a self-made ad uh, asking for jobs, um, journalist jobs in Colorado. Can you speak to that and what brought you to Carbondale? Uh, Pat and I had both worked on uh, Colorado State University's Collegian newspaper. He was 
the editor and I was a photographer and um, we were a couple at that time and decided that um, th- we didn't want to go to work for a big paper. We wanted to do small local journalism and we really wanted to live on the western slope. <laughs> so we sent letters to every publisher on the western slope and were answered by Bob Sweeney of Craig who owned 12 little papers on the western slope all of whom were printed in Craig. Okay. And we started the Roaring Fork Review for him. But before the year had passed, he had sold it. Okay. He had sold the review, and we had invested a lot of personal energy into the town, and we didn't think it should be run by strangers. It was bad enough that we had been strangers when we came. And the, just for uh, clarification, the Roaring Fork Review was a Carbondale paper that preceded it was. the Valley Journal. It was. Okay. So we left the Roaring Fork Review, and he hired another editor, and we started the Valley Journal. <laughs> we're, this is like a repeat story, isn't it? And Well, we were just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. And, oh, it, um, and we had to go into a short newspaper war with our own former newspaper. With the Review, yeah. Yeah, the Review. And But it persisted, what, for 35 years or something like that. And that's uh, the Valley Journal. And the it, Valley Journal, yeah. And, and it had a series of editors, a series of people who who came through it. Um, but it, but the, the town was invested in it. The town liked having their own paper. And pretty much Carbondale News was ignored by other newspapers in the Valley at that time. Mm-hmm. And the Roaring Review didn't make it much longer. You outcompeted it. It It was a short (laughs) newspaper war. Yeah. Well, good on you for making it, uh, bringing the Valley Journal and that local journalism, which was privately owned then by you and Pat uh, to begin with. And uh, Peggy, uh, the DeVilbuses um, were invested. I'm getting kind of an old brain. I don't remember who all was there, but the DeVilbuses were key. Okay. And um yeah, it was it was gratifying that the town kind of stood behind us and the journal went on. And uh Becky, you were not at the journal for 35 years or were you there? No, the I was not. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I had children. Um I went to I worked at the hospital for 23 years doing their publications. Um I was gone. Okay. And uh, and Trina came in to uh, the picture at the Valley Journal as well um, later on. I did. Um, I regret to inform you I cannot recall the year I started <laughs> okay. at the Valley Journal. <laughs> We're okay with approximates here. <laughs> okay. But um, I moved to the, the Valley from Denver in um, 1999. Okay. And then I actually first worked at the Arts Council for three years. Fantastic. Um, so got really ingrained with the community and uh, got to be at the center of that for um, the first three years I lived here. Um, I, too, am a graduate of Colorado State University. Fantastic. And the news editorial journalism department. So that is my background by trade. I'm a journalist, uh, an editorial journalist as well. So I had constantly, of course, been trying to figure out how can I make a living here in the Valley and still do what I love, what I'm passionate about, which um, is journalism, right? Storytelling. 
sharing stories among community members and far and wide sharing stories. Um, Cause I believe that's what connects us. And then um, for the same reasons we, we learn about why Becky was involved covering your own community and making those stories known and connecting community members has always been so important to me. But um, so I landed at the Valley Journal as an associate editor and um, covered arts and entertainment and also then sort of started covering some of the other town and community news, such as town council and planning and zoning. Um, never had covered planning and zoning before. I I had worked at um, uh, the Denver Post. I was on the copy desk, so okay. just editing, got my editing, copy editing skills down while working at the Denver Post, but um, really enjoyed, believe it or not, covering planning and zoning. Hmm. And you sort of get to see early on what developers are um, thinking about, whether they're local, because we did have some folks who were local looking at developing Mm -hmm. um, some projects, and then outsiders as well. How were people viewing our town and our community and the growth that they predicted was going to occur, right, as a developer? So going into planning and zoning commission meetings was really informative um, and, again, for me, very educational and insightful. And um, I I have a lot of heartburn still about the way the Valley Journal was closed. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Christmas week. And I helped get the paper to press. And then an assistant of the publisher walked in with an envelope and put it on my desk and said, thank you. <laughs> and that was that. Wow. I was done. Oh, no. Not that we didn't see it coming. We knew because okay. um, Luis's paper, Luis Polar, um, Oh, man, I forget the name of the Spanish language paper that was out at the time, also owned by Swift at that time. Um, We had seen a couple of the papers getting closed down. So unless you had your head in the sand in the journalism world in in our community, you knew it was coming. Um, But it was still... um, I thought it could have been handled with a little more grace, <laughs> if I may just – I'm going to be on the record here. Um, so I still harbor a little bit of uh, heartburn over that. But I think the the takeaway was uh, later when, I, when Becky came to me and introduced herself to me, it was who is going to cover our news? There are so many important projects in front of the – uh, planning and zoning, and in front of the town council, um, we need somebody or some entity to make sure the residents and citizens know what's going on. Otherwise, you know, this may just keep flowing without anyone knowing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I distinctly recall the importance of that to the founding board members. And um, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm, 
I'm talking on, so I should. No, you're so passionate about it, and that's such an important aspect. I mean, it's one of the most important aspects to a newspaper that I find. It's exactly. I mean, we're informing the public, we're letting people know, and we're holding decision makers accountable uh, by letting the community know, so they can be involved in those kinds of decisions. Um, so no words about rambling on it. Just shows your passion. Uh, I know Gus has a question I want to get to, but for our listeners, you are tuned into Everything Under the Sun, the Sopra Sun's weekly radio program. Uh, the, today we are commemorating 15 years of putting out the paper uh, since um, February 12, 2009, and we are interviewing founding board member of the Sopra Sun, uh, Becky Young, along with uh, the first... Um, Editor of the Sopris Sun, Trina Ortega. Thank you again both for joining us. Um, Gus, I think you had a question. So I was wondering while you were talking, um, do you believe that this zoning housing beat that you worked for a while really affected the way that you carried yourself as a journalist and an editor after that? And if so, like, pal. Good question, Gus. <laughs> um it did affect how I carried myself as the editor and um, what we included in the newspaper because, you know, oftentimes, well, let's back up and talk about the state of print journalism at that time. Mm-hmm. Newspapers across the country were getting shut down as more and more organizations were using the internet to. Uh, house their publications or just random people were starting to post online. And so there was a value in having um, trained journalists actually still covering news on the ground. Um, And I think, you know, it could easily be a bullet point after the fact, the Planning and Zoning Commission. But again, such important work is occurring, and I commend um, all the PNZ commissioners and people who volunteer for that duty. Mm-hmm. It is not an easy job, and I would say that in most cases, not a lot of the citizenry gets involved at that level. It's not until town council or city council, depending on your community, where more people start to show up when in truth, a lot of the work is done at the planning and zoning commission level. And so it was really important to cover that. And I think the Sopra Sun intended to try to conduct itself in a way that we were going to be present Mm -hmm. at those meetings earlier than when it got to town council. So we could be knowledgeable about it. And it seems so um, important to readers and in this region where growth is still a huge um, issue and it's at the forefront of people's minds. So planning and zoning certainly seems like something important uh, to cover. I know Yesenia has a couple questions. One, I think, really segues into the uh, what brought about the Sopris Sun. Um, Yesenia? Yes, I'm wondering like how and what happened for in order to so present to like be born, because you're saying like a lot of papers were getting closed down at the time. Yeah, Becky, I'll let Becky handle that as a founding board member. Right. Well, after the after the journal closed, I got several phone calls, um, and I hadn't been in the journalism world for a while. I'd been at the hospital, but people were asking me. 
how can we how can we do another paper? How can we make this happen? And I was kind of a nuts and bolts person. I knew how to do all the pieces to make that happen. Um, and then people just started climbing on board. I remember Colin Laird calling me. I remember uh, Russ Criswell and Peggy DeVilbis. And, um, and so we just called a meeting. I, I think it was White House Pizza and said, what are, what are we thinking? Is this possible? And then um, I just think that the most beautiful part of the sun being created was the synergy in it that so many people were determined to have it. Um, Patty Phelan and Jody Ensign sold ads. Mm. They had never done that in their <laughs> lives. Um, but, but they came out of the woodwork and went around to the businesses and um, and made it happen. Mm. Trina had a brand new baby. She didn't mention that. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> she took over as editor with a brand new baby. The L.A. Times had a great picture of that, her riding at her kitchen table with her baby right next to her. We have it framed in the office. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it was truly grassroots. It had no business or profit intention. And so it becoming a nonprofit was a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, were, we had a printed copy in five weeks from the journal closing which, when you think about it, is amazing. It's amazing. The first issues, I first five issues, I think I I put up in my home computer, and then Terry Richard took took over for the next ten years. Um, it was just such a labor of love, mm-hmm. um, and that was really gratifying. And it and I have to note that it still is that it makes me so happy. To see, for example, James, um, you come up as a Carbondale kid <laughs> yeah. and and doing the work you're doing at the paper. Thank you. Um, people like Sue Rollison, who have shot photos week after week. Um, the new illustrators. Yes, you know, Sophie Gossie. The, the input from the community and the kind of textural variety that comes into the paper from community members it's like exactly what you're looking for in community news. It's what you hope for. It's for people to participate and thereby be part of the sun. That is so well said, and I, I agree with you. And we're so we have such a vibrant uh, pool of freelancers and different contributors, photographers, uh, and as you said, illustrators, um, young people, older people, um, all different. Uh, we have you know, and with El Sol del Valle, of course, bringing in our Latino community. Um, so yes, there's lots of chefs in the kitchen, which I think makes for a more rounded uh, newspaper and more rounded news. Yeah. James, I wanted to um, mention briefly, and it speaks to Yesenia's question as well, but I loved, I love the memory of when Becky came to me. Um, Of course, the founding board had known I was working at the Valley Journal prior to, and so Becky came to me and she said, can we have a meeting? Um, I'd like to know what issues were on deck and who's involved, who are the players, and I remember I still had so much to write about and cover, and there was still so much storytelling and news to to share. Um, I remember I sat down and I wrote about 
I typed up about three to five pages worth of not just my beat, but everything that I thought should be covered. And we met at Java Joe's nice. at the time, I now Bonfire. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I handed Becky this printout, and she kind of glanced at it, skimmed skimmed it, and and I it won't remember exactly what she said, but it was something like, "Well, I think." I think we know who we need our next editor, our first editor to be or something to that effect. And, you know, um, I was delighted, of course. I, then I met the other board members um, and I said, now you realize this is going to be about no less than 60 hours a week to, to do this for the first several weeks and get it off the ground. And they said, yep, we know. We have enough to pay you for 30 hours. <laughs> and I said, I'm in. That's fantastic. <laughs> I'm in. And I did have uh, – I had a son who was about eight months old at the time, maybe a little younger. But, um, oh. yeah, he was already able to sit up because the, the photo that Becky referenced um, is – it. it I don't know, child labor people, or not labor people, but someone would probably call me out because he's sitting in a little boppy chair on the table. But you yeah, had to he, do what you had to do. Yeah, he went with me to, you know, to cover meetings or to, we would do, a, say, a school story, and I would just roll him around, and teachers would say, let, let us take him for a while. And, you know, that's just how it worked, yeah. uh, the community. But, Such a great yeah. community. It's, yeah. Um. Well, we feel so lucky to be able to speak with you both uh, and uh, being, you know, none of us would be here, myself or our youth interns, uh, if it weren't for the people (laughs) who founded The Sun. And it's so neat because, Trina, we call on you to this day. You know, I think you had something uh, at Sopris Sun, you know, within the last year or so. I know Gali calls on you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, and other people who have have been around from the beginning. Um, Becky, we always know you're there. (laughs) And uh, But Sue uh, Sue Gray, and you said she had a piece about birds in the very first issue in 2009. Alan Harvey, uh, Mm -hmm. we're still calling on him a lot, uh, especially when it comes to... uh, affordable health insurance um so and yeah so yeah, it's jane backrack jane um, backrack is huge <laughs> yeah george so. von Falk was george, there at the yeah. Beginning. yeah so many people so many community members really just mm-hmm. reached out and said how can i help as mm-hmm. be- as becky referenced um my, my son will uh mm-hmm. was home from college for christmas break and he put up the initial website and got the domain okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> made all the emails <laughs> that's a big job it's a really it will i just a big shout out to will grambois because mm-hmm. he's done so much for the sopris son from in interning from writing to the uh for the grams page uh i think we didn't use high school i know that uh raleigh did the same thing uh but uh will's also he laid out our paper this week and the last two three weeks <laughs> uh he's really um a uh He's uh, amazing at just uh, what he could do it for to keep the paper going. We do only have a few minutes left um, because it does go quite quite quick. I'm going to let Gus ask a question and then any closing comments. I do have a question um, for Becky, but it's also open to everybody. Um, so my question is: we we all understand the importance of nonprofit journalism. But um, can you explain more about why that was the instant, like the thing that you decided to go with right at the start? I think that um, we had already watched uh, both the Roaring Fork Review and 
and the Valley Journal, we had watched papers get sold, and they got sold repeatedly. The Valley Journal was sold to the Aspen Times and then to two different corporations and landed in Swift's hands, and we see what happens then. Um, A nonprofit gives you the opportunity for local ownership, and it's it's it takes profit motive out of it. You 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 want to yeah. stay alive. You want to have money to print and pay your people, but um, it's not a it's not a thing to be bought and sold. Yeah, because like it's all news then, right? Mm-hmm. We don't got to be worried about well, we do. We do have to be worried no, about money. <laughs> let us not underestimate the importance of advertisers totally. they're what Absolutely. gets that paper printed we love our um, advertisers we do and <laughs> and the sun has been well supported by them totally bless them we would not be here without advertisers no, either we would and, not and as you said in that first issue is a big issue because there are a lot of advertisers oh yeah people were yeah. just dying to advertise in it it was great yeah it is great yeah. Um, and it really is it's an, an incredible model it's catching on uh, the Sopra Sun is. was one of the earlier models but if you go to uh, Colorado Press Association conferences today a lot of papers are transitioning that way because the community sees the need for the newspaper because we're keeping up on and c- keeping holding decision makers accountable um, planning attending planning and zoning meetings I know there was a there's a big one tonight about the uh, corner at the end of Main Street and that food uh, truck um, proposal uh, there. So tune in and we'll have something on that next week in the paper. <laughs> um, we're going to go a little bit into Bird Note. So I apologize to our listeners who enjoyed Bird Note. But I just want to give an opportunity for closing uh, statements for both Becky and Trina. Let's go ahead and start with Trina. Or Becky. <laughs> well, I appreciate the um, additional coverage of this. It's so important. As I mentioned in the beginning, I would just reiterate that um, no one else is going to have the eyes on our town, our little town, and still little growing that rapidly. But um, it's important. It's important for the community to, to thrive and for citizens to feel like they also have a voice. Fantastic. Great closing. And uh, Becky? My closing remark would be that perhaps the most gratifying part is to watch you, for instance, James, and people in the community step up and become part of the paper. That lends credence to the term homegrown. And to see um, students (laughs) uh, becoming involved at a young age, I think that that's what will ensure the survival of the sun. But mostly what has ensured it is the support of the community and so many people in so many ways. And um, I think Carbondale prides itself on that quality, uh, and they should. They absolutely should, and so well said. Thank you, Becky. Thank you, Trina. Thank you both so much for joining us on Everything Under the Sun. Thank you for making the Sopria Sun um, possible, putting in that work uh, and um, being part of that community effort to make it rise from the ashes of the Valley Journal. Um, We appreciate you very much. Yay. (laughs) Thank you for listening. If you have not gotten a ticket yet, uh, go on to thesopriasun.com and you can get a ticket to our cabin fever wine tasting this evening at the um, Thompson Barn at River Valley Ranch. Have a lovely Thursday. Thanks for tuning in.
catch you next week. Woo!